Welcome to the Seek Wilderness Podcast, a platform for outdoor adventures of storytelling, for gaining basic knowledge of hunting, fishing, and woodsmanship. A place to find inspiration to go do epic stuff this week. Seek Wilderness. Go ahead and uh, go back over to the last episode with Troy Fowler, the ranch fairy. Um, a lot of information was shared. A lot of information is going to be shared again on this episode. So go ahead and listen, and I hope you enjoy it. I hunted on a place up here in, in Fredericksburg, and we used to have – it was nothing to have 15, 20 deer in front of you. It's on bait, blah, blah, blah. And Because mm-hmm. it was a bunch of small properties, like postage stamps everywhere. So – we stopped deer hunting with a bow in November. We hunted October only because we wounded so many of them or we'd flat miss them because they got so jumpy. Oh. And so what we would try to do is kill our big bucks early mm-hmm. and then we'd start culling and shooting does and shooting spikes and, you know, doing what we can with rifles. Right. It wasn't even, I mean, after the second season of doing it, me and my buddy who owned the place, we just said, we got to stop. Like they're unhittable. We don't know what we're going to hit. Mm. Right. Because they're jumping. Mm. I mean, we're on. Okay. Let's say I'm the best shot in the world. This is the whole shot placement thing. Right. Bothers me a lot, but not that much. It's all shot placement. I got that. Except <laughs> they move. We all want yeah. the perfect. I don't disagree with the shot placement thing. In fact, I have a lot of videos on how to really kill them because it's all physiology and it's super basic. Mm-hmm. Yep. But when they move and the arrow impacts eight inches different and you're perfect, let's just say you put the arrow pretty close to where you were wanting it to be. And then they move and it's eight inches off because they jumped. Uh, the shot yeah. goes out the damn window. Yep. I'll tell you one thing that drives me up a wall is watching videos of guys that grunt or whatever to stop them. Now I can see it. If you're in timber, and the deer is moving and you're already drawn, but you just can't get them to stop to make a good shot. You m- make a bleat or any, whatever to get the deer to stop. But mm-hmm. I see lately I've been, it's almost like since the, the, the real tree days where they, they, everybody started doing that. Um, it's almost like that's what you have to do to shoot a deer. You know, I, I, see, I don't know if you watch much YouTube, but I, I watch a, I do some, some here and there. And but I know what you're talking about. I mean, I, these guys, I see guys on, on video that don't have their bow drawn and they grunt and then draw their bow. The deer stops and they draw their bow and shoot them. You know what I mean? Hey, sometimes it, it seems like it's working out for them on videos, but mm-hmm. like you're saying about hearing the arrow and, and all coming and all that and being jumpy, you put them on high alert. So that's it. There's an interesting thing. I, I need to study this. So I've actually shot arrows in a stand with deer on bait and shot the other direction and they don't jump the string. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's and a- then I've got multiple shots on my channel. If you'll watch the other pigs, mm-hmm. everything jumps. Yeah. I'm shooting at one and five pigs all roll and spin away. They all jump the string. That's yeah. Crazy, good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I talked to Grant Woods 
when we were talking about this, this was a couple years ago. So I call. I just called him out of the blue one day, and um, he didn't know me from Adam. It was, it was really cool that he picked my call up, and we talked yeah, for a little cool. while. And he feels like, and I think this is pretty sound. He said, "I think a deer, an animal with its head up, is easier to hit because they use their when their head's down. They already know they're in a vulnerable kind of position because they can't see as well. Right, right." They're more likely to be thinking something's going to gnaw on their butt when their head's down Mm -hmm. and that they can raise their head and drop their shoulders faster like a lever. Gotcha. That makes some some sense. Yeah. He said, so I don't, we were talking about this. He said, there's no way to quantify that. So Grant, if you're listening and I misstated, just go with it here. I'm not trying to (laughs) misstate, misquote you, but I thought it was a very profound thing to think about. They may be doing the right thing. So I'm not trying to kick you in the head. I'm just right. saying I've seen it. I agree with you that putting them on alert is kind of weird. But they may not be able to jump as fast with a head up. Yeah. And when he said that, I was just like, you know, I never thought of it that way. And then I started watching videos where people slow it down. And man, they can, it's like they get some, he's like, we were talking like a teeter-totter kind of thing. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? I never thought of it that way until he said that. Yeah. yeah, I would never have thought that way either. But to me, you're already putting, you're putting the tension in them. You know what I mean? No, like I you're, you're smacking them on the ass. You're smacking them on the ass and telling them, hey, there's something's getting ready to get you. Yeah right, and then and then now you have that arrow reaction that you're like you're talking about the where you, you believe it's the, the sound of the arrow, and I, there, I think there's a lot of people that are starting to think that way now too, and not the bow sound. Um, and then I think now they hear ready the thump to, and they hear something. Yeah, just to clarify, yeah, I don't think the thump is much, but the hissing something hissing coming at them. Right. Listen, they've been chased by birds and run at and chased around by all kind of God knows what happened to them in the middle of the night. We're not out there. Mm-hmm. So, and then Grant said another thing that was awesome. You're not hunting the stupid ones. He didn't say this. He's much more profound than that. But I'm going to say it my way. You're not hunting the fat, stupid, slow ones. They died. Right. They're gone. You're hunting the Olympic level athletes, the best surviving animals, especially if they're three or four, especially where you all hunt. Those people are crazy. Oh, there are some crazy deer hunters up there. We do a lot of deer hunting here. You people are insane about it, right? Yeah. So if a deer gets to be three years old, he's faced all kinds of stuff. Right. The dumb ones yeah. are dead. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. And I was like, wow, I never thought of it that way. He goes, yeah, it's just basic science, Troy. Survival of the fittest. You know, that was what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's a totally logical way to look at this. Troy, Troy and you're, and if, do you think there's a way to test the sound uh, from from in front of, you know, everybody's testing the sound of the bow? Yeah, a lot of people like to do that, and they like to test it for veins and the fletchings and all that. I shoot feathers. They're the loudest thing out there. Well, I'll tell you They're right. They're super stable, but and y'all are shooting feathers, because probably are y'all shooting, uh, what's his name's trad veins? No, I'm, I shoot. Isn't feathers. that Snyder's vein? Is that Snyder's vein, or is it something? I else? think he was a he was a tester, but I'm not so sure that he like he invented them. But he, I think he was like the primary tester of them because of how many how many critters he gets a chance to shoot at every year. So this is my okay. That that's awesome. 
I don't, doesn't matter either way. This is how I look at this. We are exposed to a ton of noise every day that we don't even know. Yep. It's the same with a fish underwater. When he swims down 70 or 80 feet, which is a lot of different change in the pressure, you know this from scuba diving tables if you've ever done that. They don't know because they've always been underwater. And I, the animals live in a, we sit out there and it's quiet, like your ears ring because there's no sound. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all watching YouTube and crap. And my freaking views go through the roof during deer season because everybody's bored <laughs> sitting in a tree. It's funny, it's funny as hell. <laughs> but anyway, we live in a very noisy ecosystem with people yelling and throwing crap and people driving their stupid exhaust systems up and down. The, I mean, we don't even realize how much noise we have around us. And in the woods, there's no sound. The animals don't even talk that much because they'll get eaten. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't communicate. I mean, the coyotes do because they're trying to eat things. But deer and stuff talk you know, like turkeys and stuff. When they call, it's not really – when they, it's outside of goblin. The hens are pretty quiet. And so yeah. I think any arrow flying in the air is loud as hell. Like, I think it's like a helicopter coming out. I don't think you'll ever beat it. I don't care how quiet you think you can make it. I think the loud, the quietest arrow sounds like a freaking, uh, you know, helicopter coming at them. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the ecosystem they live in. It's a very abrupt shift and something's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Something's coming. They know that. So. I mean, I don't know how to even quantify that. Difference in noise level between a solid broadhead and one that has an opening in it. You know what I mean? With the blade, like replaceable blades. Yeah. Drastic. Yeah, I've heard that, and I was testing some veins for some guys who was trying to kind of deal with them, and and the best, the most stable, thin uh, shape was was you could hear it. Yeah, but it was super stable, and I don't care. I shoot feather, so most of the time, so I already gave up. Like I shoot the loudest damn thing. <laughs> Feathers are loud. And, yeah, they- um, so I'm, I don't care, right? And I've given up on the jumping the string thing because back to that, you, we also don't know how much they're going to jump. Yeah. Yeah. There's been yeah. a bunch of videos of clowns proving gravity. Great. <laughs> so they put something out there, they drop a string and it falls and they say, you should aim it seven inches low. Well, that's some first some bitch you shoot at that low is not going to move. Yeah, exactly. I've done that. I shot at the biggest, I shot at a Pope and young deer. It was the first Pope and young deer I ever shot at on this place. I hunt right next to my house. I'm still mm-hmm. hunting pigs out there and those deer were jumping and this deer, I said, all right, I'm aiming right at his brisket. And I cut the hair off his brisket. Mm-hmm. He didn't move an inch. He hopped 10 feet and I yelled at him. The string of curse words cannot be, should not be repeated on this podcast. <laughs> I literally could have shot again, but no, I chose to scream at him obscenities. Yeah, that's funny. Because every other year on the place would have dropped eight inches and I'd have smoked them. Yeah. So that's the the additional variability in the jump of the string thing is we don't know what they're going to do. And you're going to fuck this out of his mind rutting. You're going to be able to just shoot him five times. Absolutely. I agree. I've hit, you know, I've shot a ton of critters on video now, mostly the pigs at the feeders running around all the place. And, 
some of them really get crazy and some of them just twitch a little bit and a lot of them roll just roll yeah you know? i've had three shoot forward like the one i the wiggled waggle pig he went forward mm. he scooted forward he didn't roll or he was too big to probably roll he was big but he just shot forward when i shot he was a, wad- he was a waddler he wasn't a roller he was yeah, so big right. he was a waddler and so <laughs> you know could i shot more forward yeah of course and it all worked out can't look back on that but that's the biggest challenge is the sound is super i'm convinced the sound to them is just outrageously loud and it's going at them yeah that means predator all day long yeah approaching too that, that's, yeah, it's coming, coming. Yeah. Yep. And so they hear a thump and they they go, what? And then here comes something, right? Mm-hmm. So I you think know. they're jumping the arrow after they get the thump. Like the thump, they go, what? Like they don't know they're doing it. Like when you catch a hot one at shortstop and throw it to first, and you didn't think about it, right? Yep, it's reaction. instinctive. Yep. They know yep. some, they're like, oh, because I've dropped bricks out of trees. I've shot the other direction, all this stuff. I haven't had them spin and run off. <laughs> you know, the cop shooting at them. The content spread throughout like this this last I don't know hour or so um, that I, that I'm finding out, and I'm just coming from like a listener perspective is yep. is that we, we as as humans we are so conditioned for easy right we we want we want that comfort we want easy and I'll speak yeah personally, absolutely I'll speak personally for myself like when I started when when I saw your first video and started getting to work. I didn't know the amount of work that was involved, but for me, just because of the way I'm wired, it became very, right. addic- very addictive. And it right. was, I'm not a perfectionist by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it the whole, the whole thought process of, of we, I, I need to do this because it's the best thing. It's the most merciful way to harvest the animal that we're, that we're chasing. Right. And yep. for me, it, it's been a three a three-year process to where I feel like this year I finally, I finally have it down. When you talk about the details of sharpening, um, you know, I just switched from 125 to 150, and right. that made a big difference. Now I'm, I'll probably be looking into like 200s, maybe you know, uh, single bevel next year. You yep. know, I'm not doing anything. I'm not changing anything now. We're starting. Hunting season starts in a little over a month, so I'm, I just. I want to get good. Yeah, you're there. Don't right. change stuff now. Do it in April. And and so so as we look at, um, you know, I'm a big, big proponent for people trying something new, uh, but I'm also a big proponent of bringing somebody who, you know, is kind of in, in, in ties the same way, which is why we started doing this podcast was to get somebody who's been on the fence of starting to uh, a bow hunt or thinking about bow hunting coming. And the thing of it is, is that we are there's a huge shadow just from, I mean, the industry's great. Okay. But there's a huge shadow and the huge shadow makes things easy. Period. Well, they got to run their business. So you gotta, you gotta take the part of the P and L into yep. the equation. And some of these businesses are actually pretty good sized, So yep. they've got things to do. The, I'm going to start saying, I need to, I need to be better about this, but I just want people to take two more steps. Yeah. That's a good point. That's yeah. why I came out with the three blade, right? If I could get you, if you're already shooting a pretty high four to center arrow and you can go to a three blade, but you can sharpen it and it's not going to bend or break. Cause I made them, I made it longer and I'm actually narrowed it up. It's not super wide. It's like an inch and an eighth wide. Mm-hmm. So I've got the low angle of attack. 
you've got a very long blade surface, which is a long cutting surface. You don't, that's one of the things about really short broadheads do shoot better because they don't have as much lift at rocket man. Okay. Right. Yeah. But the blade length itself doesn't have a lot. If it takes on damage. Okay. Yeah. Then if half the blade of a one inch long blade is damaged, then you got a half an inch of cutting surface. If you've got a three inch long blade and half of it's damaged. You got an inch and a half. Gotcha. Yep. Of cutting surface. That's still sharp. So if I can get people like you, uh, you're a great example. Your story is awesome. With three years of diddling around with the stupid stuff. That's what it takes. Two steps, not two. Better arrow flight, more on target, more accurate with broadheads. Great. What about the pointy end of the stick? Right. Next two steps, six months later, a year later. Okay, I'm going to try this stupid sharpening thing. What a pain in the ass. And it is. When you first start <laughs> learning, it's, it sucks. It is. And now we figured out. It's like before this. You go, God, that's sharp. I mean, that's sharp like nothing I've ever played with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, ex I, I'm actually excited about that. Like, like taking them, taking the nearly an hour, but of course I changed the bevel on it to, to get it to, to the sharpness that it is. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like, sweet. This is, this is sweet. I'm ready. You're going to, what you're going to see, what I, what I started seeing when I learned to sharpen and then what, I hear a lot. Some of that's coached because I say it. So people would say it too. I, I got to take that piece out. But what you're going to see is their animals don't run. Right. Yeah. 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 It doesn't hurt them. I don't know. What it hit doesn't them. go pop. Yeah. It doesn't have any resistance. It, it goes through them and goes 40 yards past them. Okay. Good. And they just run a little bit and they don't run the same. Greg at the hunting public showed me a video uh, when we did that podcast of a deer he shot with, I'm not really bashing on, but he was shooting the rage. He had, he was trying to, he was getting ready to flip over. He, he was moving a house or something. He said, the hell with it. Everybody else is doing fix. I'll shoot. I'll keep shooting mechanicals. Okay. Yeah. He told this story on one of the recent podcasts. Anyway, the short story is he shot this really, it's a hell of a deer. Hit it high, no penetration, lost a deer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not bashing. He was getting ready to flip. It just happened and it will happen. We already talked about it. it happens when you don't shoot them right with fixed blades and it goes through and skips 40 yards past them. Got it. Okay. Yep. So yep. put that in the shit that wasn't supposed to happen category. Right. Okay. Outside of that, he said the hell with this. He got some aluminums. <laughs> he had laying around the house. He put a stinger on the front, a one fifty stinger. And he shoots this buck quarter away and it passes through hits behind the rib cage and passes through right in the neck. And the deer just, I mean, it buries in the dirt. Mm -hmm. And the deer just kind of hops and runs like he didn't know he was dead. Mm -hmm. And then it goes down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of, and to anybody listening to this, when you're watching the mechanical videos, watch those deer react after they get hit. Like they know. They're getting punched. It's very rare to not Ooh. see them just booking. Right. Mm -hmm. That just makes everything more difficult when they're running really fast with an arrow if in they're it. Not, with because, it, or even let's just say it passes through. Okay. And the blood blood trails are not predictable, but let's say you get an okay blood trail, but you're running fast. It's going to throw it all over the place. Yeah, because they're mean, running really fast. It's just going to like go down their sides and stuff. The reason why if they just trot. It's, it's more likely to be in spots. You know what I mean? Easier to mm -hmm. see. Yeah. And, and 
what I know, I think I think it was THP, and it might even be the same same video. I think that you're speaking of, to where even when they were back in like the Midwest whitetail days, or or you could take go go back and watch any any video from any hunting video, and you could see the that time frame of where there were no no pastures. It was like oh I, you know wheelhouse wheelhouse, but the arrow still sticking. Half the arrow still sticking out. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's a very easy, there's a very easy answer to that. Though, if you look on the websites of the mechanical, I'm going to do a video on this just so people can level set and it's going to cause problems, but people can get over it. <laughs> the, if you look on the websites of the major manufacturers, they're recommended 45 to 55 pounds of kinetic energy and just a level set. I don't know what that means. Okay. Right. I don't know if that means they think it'll pass through. I don't know that anybody's ever studied it. I don't know. I don't know. They may have done super in-depth studies and figured that number out. However, that number is, they publish it. Okay. You can go on the websites and the, and the message boards and you'll find it immediately. I already did that. It took me two minutes and I had like five different mechanicals saying between 40 and 55 pounds of kinetic energy required. That's what we recommend. Okay, let's just say that's accurate. For let's say that's accurate for a pass through. Okay, yes. Best case scenario. You're only shooting seventy five. You've now entered the woods knowing yeah. you're forty percent. You've only got thirty yeah. pounds of kinetic yeah, yeah. energy. Right. If something weird happens. Right. That's scary as hell. You're walking in the woods with that in your hand. I think that that's that. I think that's going to be a very very eye-opening video it's just it's just literally I, I don't have the screenshots or whatever i do i'm gonna put them up right it's a fair thing to say yeah because they're publishing the damn information so you 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 don't know this and you don't do the math in your head because you don't know and that's fair right. once again i said right. this before it's okay to be dumb if you don't know you're not dumb you just don't know Right? right, but you you're in the woods with only thirty pounds of kinetic energy or twenty five to for extra what if, and that's why I get so many people who say it's all shot placement, right? That's a yeah. bull crap. That's a bull crap argument when you've walked into the woods on a jumpy animal and you made another thing is the human bell curve. Yeah. So apparently everyone is an NBA level basketball player in the archery world and can shoot the lights out. Right. On a moving target. And I get, right. Of course. And I get some, <laughs> I've, I've been amazed at some of the top people in archery bashing on me. First of all, they note to yourself, if you're one of the top guys in archery, do not say my name because people <laughs> have phones in their hand and they look up the ranch ferry and it helps me. Don't do that. <laughs> God, that's stupid. Back mm. up a second, though. There's guys who shoot in the Olympics. The, the, the top, most of the top bow hunting guys who have TV shows and stuff are some kind of a spot shooter or a 3D guy. Just look at their history, right? They're, they're superhuman archers. Yeah. Okay, so are we on the playground bullying everybody? You're not as yeah. good as me? You're going to stand over Steph Curry and say, yeah, you make 40%. So watch this. Woo! Right. We're like that. Right. You're not Steph Curry. So then we disable people immediately by saying they suck. That's what they're saying. 
It's the yeah. oldest trick in the book, right off the playground. First grade, second grade, senior year. And no, it is, right? I'm the only one saying that crap because it's true. Oh, you're not as good as me. I am not as good as you. That's right. I'm not, but I'm also a kick-ass leader of people. And I've raised three perfectly great kids and I've been married for 35 years. So suck it. Right. Exactly. There's bigger goals than being able to shoot the lights out. Right. Yeah. Right. So that pisses me off. You can tell. Yeah. Because you're disabling a lot of people who want to either learn to bow hunt and you're running them off. You're not helping the industry. You're not helping the whole sport. Oh yeah. And you just have no perspective other than one word. Me. Yeah, you know it's like, it's ironic you say that, man, because because I had my first taste of probably what you deal with on a daily basis, right? And I had I had to I was away on vacation. It's, it was just a a comment through Instagram. It kind of just got me in that fight mode. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and uh, thank God I have Todd in my life. I said, look. <laughs> how should i respond i don't remember exactly what it was but ultimately it's just like let let it let it let it lie down you're doing you're doing something right if if if, if you are getting quote-unquote ridic ridiculed or whatever you want to call it for yep. for trying to do the best thing for the hunting industry not just yourself the hunting industry yeah um i think that's a good thing it, it, no, I, mean, I agree with you so i'm not speak. trying to even toot my own horn it's who I, it's what I, I talked about this earlier it's what i oh yeah I yeah, want yeah. people to succeed, right? I Absolutely. really do. I have a passion for people succeeding. Whether you want to work on a car and I want to teach you how to pull struts or yeah. shoot a bow or BB gun or be a man. Right. Right. Church stuff, all that. Right. Um, I want you to be the best. And you may not have the skill set for it. So we're going to make you the best of you. I've got a guy who's a subscriber of mine who is a midget. He's like 40. He's a yeah. bull rider, construction worker, ran, drove trains, I think. He wow. shoots a self-bow because he said compound's too easy. I'm like, yeah, you're kind of small. He's like, yeah, I know. He knows it. I mean, he just says it. Yeah, given my disadvantage, right? 20-inch mm -hmm. power stroke. He has a 20-inch draw length. Wow. He's going to kill an elk this year with a, with a bow he made a self though that's because awesome. he's going to just do it screw everybody that's right that's awesome. what are we going to do with that guy can we should we tell him no you're too small right like exactly. make you tall so screw you you can't bow hunt because i'm six five and i got 31 inch draw length yeah those guys need to just get out get over themselves i mean yeah, and, and the thing is i've never really it, troy i've never really heard anybody i've heard people bad talk you know, maybe some of your theories and the, you know, and, and whatnot, I've heard it, but they, they never give like a real reason why you wouldn't want to have what you call a plan B or, I mean, are you so in love with speed that, you know, is speed the thing that you're so in love with that you're going to stick to that fight? To, well, to, I'll tell you, it's, it's, you know, I don't understand. It's a very simple answer. It's a very simple answer. People like the crowd. They don't want to be odd. Nobody right. wants to be me. I'm mm -hmm. a natural, I'm a natural contrarian and I have been my whole life. Yeah. If you're going that way, I wonder why everyone else is. I don't get right. in the crowd. Like I don't ride along and go, that sounds cool. Right. I don't yeah. drink much because I think it's not beneficial for my the tomorrow. 
Right. It's just a logical, so I sit out here next to my house and drink tea while my neighbors are sitting there drinking beer and they're not getting blasted or anything. They're just, it's every, you know, it's every other day or whatever. That's what they do. Yeah. Right. But for me, for me personally, I don't do it because it just ruins future stuff. I just don't feel good. Right. Right. And, but everybody else is doing it. So a lot of people do it. So in the, in the industry, it's more comfortable. You could be a doorknob painter or hang doors. You know, it, people will bash on you because the, the crowd's more um, powerful than, than being right. Yeah. It's, it's in everything, politics, whatever you want to call it. Go to church. The, the, the crowd, the general consensus, you say, well, that doesn't really add up. And it cannot even be a biblical term. It could just be some stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm the guy that's always, I had to learn to stop saying stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I just walk off. Like I can't take it. Like, okay. Like my yard, right. I'll give you an example. My yard, I'm not really a green weenie, but I'm an environmentalist. So my yard looks like hell. My, the lake here is a finite resource and Austin's growing like crazy. Okay. I've got a bunch of green weenie friend neighbors who have Teslas and they're saving the earth and all this crap. And of course they get on a plane and go to Paris for vacation, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Right. Just super yeah. irony, but they've got some nice grass. If they were real <laughs> yeah. environmentalists, they would turn that shit off <laughs> to save the resource that we need for like drinking and taking a bath every once yep. in a while. Yep. Yeah. And to me, that's logical. And I just don't say anything. So in the archery business, Whatever the the biggest drumbeat is, people are going to gravitate towards that. It's a, it's a very human thing. Yep. To not want to play on the sidelines or go seek what's the best. Yeah. Right. I caught a ten. I I, put, I set a goal to catch a ten pound bass four years ago, and I caught a fish. I caught a post spawn ten pounder. Nice. I don't fish beds. That's for that's for freaking weenies. Sorry guys, if y'all <laughs> fish beds, but I think bed fishing is chicken shit. But. Um, I caught a, you know, May 26 and a half inch long 10 pounder. That's good fish. And Big I just female. grinding, saying, and trying to put the puzzle pieces together. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing stuff that was, you know, there were lakes that were set up right and da da da. It was really small water and a lot of pressure, but the fish were there. And, but I didn't do what everybody else is doing. Drop, if you want to throw a drop shot, you catch 501 pounders. Who cares? I don't want to catch a friggin' one pounder. So I've naturally always gravitated to the edge. I want to know the best people out there, the obscure f- people that just stopped talking. There's a couple, there's a guy, I'm not going to say his name because he prefers to be anonymous. Okay. And he's on the foundation and he's one of Ed's buddies and he is an elk killing machine. Like he killed four or five big bulls last year in different states. Hmm. He just goes crazy when elk season starts. He shoots 700 grains in this compound with tough heads or one of the big single bevels and just shoulder shoots them. He hmm. anchored one last year. Wow. Like anchored it, like shot it and it fell over. Hmm. But he, he doesn't want to, he wants to be left alone. Right. He's the edge guy and he doesn't want the crowd. He doesn't want to talk to people. He knows what he's got in his hands. Right. right. And he doesn't chase them around. He just blasts them through the freaking vital V and smashes them. 
That's it. I think he's going up this year. I think he's going like 780 or something. Like he's just going to go nuts. And that's unheard of because out West, you know. Yeah, everything's got to be, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, you know, you got to be prepared to shoot 60 or 80 yards and speed has to be there to, for you to be able to, you know, I don't know. Oh, that's yeah. such a, that's one of the funniest. I gave a talk at Elk Shape Camp about the kinetic energy downrange and God, a 420 grain arrow is such a ballistic dud at 60 yards. It's 50 pounds of kinetic energy. Right. Wow. 53 <laughs> out of my bow, if you want to be exact. Launches right. at 75 and hits at 53. So, so with that being said, what were you saying? That the manufacturers of the mechanical head say you, you've taken 50, it all away. Yeah, at, 40, at, to, at, 40 to 50. Right. You don't have anything left by the time you hit out there with, with that. Then. And you're shooting at an elk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I can, I can moderately accept that deer are smaller mm-hmm. and you can get away with some, you can get away with a few things if they're really bouncy. Okay. That aside, physiologically deer we said, I don't, I've never hunted the big deer like Iowa and stuff, but you know, they're 200 and what, 50, 225. somewhere. they're big, but they're dress, our, dress weight, our deer yeah. are tiny. Our deer are tiny. They're 95 pounds is, you know, they just, it's too hot here. And there are mm-hmm. subspecies that's coastal and they're just small. So they're like big ass coos deer here. Cause I went, well, I went coos deer hunting last year. I went, hell, this is like hunting at home. Well, that's the same <laughs> shit I shoot at all the time, right? Yeah. What are y'all talking about? This one's small. That's normal. But, yeah. So I can accept the argument that deer are smaller, so you might be able to get away with lighter, faster, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then you take that stick and you go to 600 pounds with much bigger physiologic structure if you're calling, they're coming at you. Right. And then you put the flap on the front, and they have really thick hair. They have a lot of reason. They have a lot of things pushing back when it hits them. Mm-hmm. And then they're big. And you're just, you're asking, you have to have the perfect spot. To, you have to have the perfect situation to take the perfect shot. So you've reduced your lethality. And if you're that disciplined, I applaud you. I agree Snyder with that. Snyder and I talked yes. about this on his podcast. So I was talking to Snyder and, you know, he shoots 580, whatever. He shoots a stick bow and blah, blah, blah. And this is one of his friends is somebody who's in, I don't keep up with anyone. So he was somebody in the elk world and he's super big name and kills the hell out of a ton of big bulls. He's legitimately an elk killing machine as well. Mm-hmm. And I think Snyder said he shoots 420 grains and I don't remember if it was fixed or mechanical. It doesn't matter. Right. But this cat will only take the shots he knows he can take. Hmm. And what, I don't have a problem with that. Right. Yeah. But he, he gets to hunt a lot, right? Or he's super disciplined or yeah. he respects them enough, whatever the, whatever is jiving to that cat. I applaud that person. He takes the shots he knows he can make. Yeah. With what he's got. Now we did not clarify whether he believes he can do more or what. I didn't talk to the guy. So whatever I took that to mean, he understands he's got equipment. He did a broadside or corner away. I don't know all the facts and I'm not, I don't know who the guy was. I'm sorry. I should have known your name, but nothing personal. I just don't keep up. It's that's on me. But if you're that disciplined, great. But this goes back to the schoolyard, not this guy. Okay. Let's clarify. But all the blowhards and the pros and all the willy whacker guys out there who get to hunt seven weeks a year in September and October straight. Mm. Yeah. 
most of us get to go elk hunting. You really get to hunt about five days. You, you travel to, you're lost for one because you don't know the unit. And then you get four days of hunting and you get an okay angle on a bull at 45 yards. And you, most people are shooting. Like all this money invested, all this time, the wind up, all the bullshit texts with your friends and making fun of them and, you know, yep. all the prep and all that stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. The average people who are average shooters, which is 95% of people under stress are shooting. Yeah, absolutely. Do they have the, do they have the right stick? Right. Yeah, why would you want to be prepared for that? I don't. I don't understand it at all. Yeah, I, I don't understand. It just it goes at all. back to the herd thing I was talking about. It's just whatever the you know that guy's a kill, kill machine. The guy I talked about, I don't know who he is. He does it. Yeah, well, you didn't get to talk to him about his discipline level or his. He passes on two bulls because it's not the right set, but he's hunting for five, seven, ten more days. So what the hell? I'm gonna keep going. Right. No, this guy drove all the way from freaking Pennsylvania to Colorado, and then. He took his five days off or seven days off from work. First day he's lost and he's got four days to go. Cause he got a day and a half of travel to go home and he's got to be yep. at work on Monday. Yep. Exactly. Right? Or he gets fired. So that's the normal people. That is reality. Right. That's reality. And so yep. these people are shooting and the deer woods is no different. Yep. Everybody thinks everybody gets to hunt a lot. That is a that big ass lie. People have these things called children and mortgages, car payments, exactly. overtime. I'm a corporate slug within the healthcare business. I get calls on the weekends all the time. Mm-hmm. of stuff going on with my employees, and I got to pick that crap up. I signed up to be in healthcare. They don't close the damn pizza store yeah. because there's healthcare, right? Right, exactly. And I, I bet, I bet. 90% of my subscribers probably get to hunt 10 times a year. Wow. Wow. I mean, just put that math in your head. And so a deer comes in, they've been hunting for four days. They, the wife's bitching about something. They got, you know, the kid got baseball game at two. I coached baseball for 10 years. I'm very familiar with this scenario. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Right. And then here comes a deer quarter two a little bit. And he's like, Oh, here we go. And they got to shoot the damn thing because yeah. it's quarter and two because they shoot back because they have an inadequate stick. Right. And then also they got to call the wife and freaking tracking and I, I'll be there. And then look at their watch. It's noon. They got to go throw their hammer off and put on their ball cap and go coach baseball. And then, you know, then there's a party. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Reality. Yeah. No, that's that's honest, honest reality. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I don't understand why people would not want to at least, you know, have a like like you call it a plan B. And, and that's I think that's a, that's a really good name for it. But um, why would you not want to have structural integrity? And and yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. I, I really you, I, I can't figure you, it out. You flip so. a switch. Right. You yeah. flipped the switch. You've wandered off with the crazy people like me. Yeah. We're still a very small percentage. I get a lot of run and there's a lot of chatter, but it's a very small percentage of the bow hunting world is even thinking about this stuff because all they yep. have to do is get on some Facebook page and everybody say that branch fair guy's an idiot. And they go, yeah, I'm with you. Right. And I don't care. 
I don't care if my freaking subscribers go up. I honestly don't care. I have a great job. I just got a new job in the same company. It's going to be great. I Good. have no risk turning the YouTube channel off tomorrow and moving on. Right. I'll just go fishing. I honestly have thought about it for the last couple of years. It just takes a lot of time. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. So that's what the funny thing about the people that bash on me, they don't know that I really don't care. <laughs> I mean, it's just, right. you're just taking a kinetic energy spring and pushing a stick down the range. It's just archery. It's really right. just archery. I got bigger things to do. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you on that. And, uh, one of the things that we like to do on this, this, this podcast is, um, and I, I, I think, um, if you've listened to any of our other ones, Troy, I'm not sure if you did or not when we, we've been going back and forth with you a little bit. We'd yep. like to tell, we'd, we'd like to, um, have our guests because this is a Seek Wilderness podcast. We'd like to have our guests tell an epic story of anything that they've done at any point in their life, um, out in the wilderness something it doesn't have to be hunting it doesn't have to be fishing just it could yep. be anything uh, um and i, I kind of hope that you have a, a a really cool story that um people get to know you a little bit more than just the, the arrow guy you, you know what i yeah, mean right. like yeah so so um if you got a story we would really really like to hear you um hear, hear you tell us the story so probably the I've got two or three. So the 10 pound bass, I was actually shaking. I don't get too wound up about the stuff. Right. But I, when I pulled that fish in the boat four months ago, I was shaking. <laughs> like it was, I was, it was epic, but that's yeah. just personal. My probably over my lifetime, the greatest outdoor stuff has happened when I've helped my kids. Right. And then now what I'm starting to see my children do is guide people and teach them things. Wow. <laughs> Oh, you don't know how to coil up a, an electrical cord and it's not a mess. I'll show you how to do it and then I'll teach you. Mm -hmm. right. So my, my spirit or whatever the hell you want to call it, what I am is a teacher and I've taught my kids things. My proudest achievement is that my kids all have jobs and they're great people. They really are good and they're fun to hang out with. So as a father, that's the super rewarding for your kids to launch and get a job and pay their bills and, then we just got back from the coast and had a great time with them. They're all adults now. But yeah, in, awesome. the, in the woods, I'm starting to see my children show people. I teach, my daughter was teaching somebody to shoot an AR the other day. <laughs> nice. Right? She isn't, you know, super, super proficient AR person with all the glasses on and all that crap. Right. But she knows enough and her passion, her heart was good. Like she wanted this person to learn how to do this right. And damn thing's not going to go off when they don't know it and it's safe and, and then shoot and laugh. Yeah. And my boys love to take people out. Like if y'all came down, you're likely to be with Thomas. He's 19, red haired kid, super fun, right. laughs and shit, and drive you out, put you in the stand. He'd love to be there when you kill something. He loves that. He loves tracking. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's my greatest, you know, story is that I've passed it on. Yeah. That's your legacy, right? And stuff, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's and your legacy, kids. right? Right. 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 So yeah. I say this and I've started saying this in all my podcasts because it's important. Hopefully people made it this far, but you have, you are eternal. I'm a Christian guy and I'm eternal. Got that. Okay. If you're not a religious person, that's fine. I don't right. care. Not my burden. Okay. However, yeah whatever road you're laying down right now will be there forever. So if you're yep. beating your kids and setting fire to their hair and being a jackass, that's your legacy. 
Mm-hmm. You are eternal. That will always be here when you're dead. And I live every day like that. I always try to say, okay, you know, if I'm making any decision, is it the right decision to keep for it to carry forward, pay it forward? Yeah. Troy, that's powerful. And then I'm going to end this on a less somber, less somber note. I said this to my children one time. <laughs> this is a total shift. My kids are doing <laughs> something stupid. And I said something. I said, I said, let me, let me tell you something. Here's how this works when you get in trouble. It's all about rape. And there's like five boys. And they said, what? And I said, you can choose to be a good person and not rape and steal and plunder and tear people's crap up and be in that butthole. Or you can choose the other path, which is to be a criminal, which means you're going to go to jail and get raped. So you can not <laughs> rape or you can rape. And they just sat there with <laughs> and my boys took the kids out of the house like, my old man says some crazy crap. Let's go to the park or whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Roy, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, right. So. But I do live every day trying to lay down a good road behind me. You make mistakes along the way, get over it, right? Do better tomorrow. But that's my greatest, as far as looking back, I'm 53. I've got my youngest is 19. I have 24, you know, 23 and 25-year-old. And Sorry, kids, if I didn't get it right. I love you. But um, watching them, like when the, the first trip, the honey public came down, Thomas took them hunting. He, it wasn't like he was it would naturally happen he's like okay you know Jake get in the scooter I'm, we're going to Marriott let's go right. and took him out and ran camera for him you know so that's that's so fun to see I bet and I hope you know I hope to do that with the channel too I, the people who do swallow the you know snort the fairy dust mm-hmm. and, and make take that two steps forward and take that two steps forward and take that two steps forward yeah and just start pounding stuff and not chasing them around. That's be it. My, you know, legacy and bow hunting. Yeah. I was just yeah. going to say that, like that, like encouragement to continue doing what you're doing because it, it is no pun intended making an impact. Right. So no, I know most the funny thing about a lot of people say, Hey, do you get a lot of hate mail? I said, no, I mostly get positive stuff or I answer between May and October. I answer a thousand messages a month, no less. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of it's back and forth trying to, and it's nobody says you're the best pig shooter I ever saw that pig boo. It's all arrow tuning and broadhead problems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Very, very helpful in, in my journey. Um, and it's, I mean, for me, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom trying to do it alone without, you know, having the resources of a video or, um, you know, reaching out to different people and whatnot. Well, it's a nice thing about the age we live in now. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. It's stupid as hell, but having the, being able to put out, you know, decent information and, and help people. Cause what's really fun about the questions and all the emails is I get tons of content from them. Right. I get the same question like nine times in a row. That means a thousand people are wondering. Yep. And I go, Hey, I need to make a video on that. Right. So, it's really a beneficial thing. And I get very, very little, most of the hate stuff is all from what I get. People send me links and stuff I never look at, but there's chatter on Facebook or whatever. And you just gotta, as y'all get bigger and bigger, just let that ride. Don't get on every one of them. Just let it go. 
Yeah. That kind of stuff, let it go. If they tag you in some post and start kicking you in the head, you're going to make a decision at that time. Right. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, and I won't take that. I mean, I, I was going to say this. I'll, I'll finish with this. I had some guy who was apparently some kind of Olympian. I don't know. And he was blabbering some bull crap that was absolutely from the laws of physics, not correct. Mm. <laughs> and I got on there and I said, and I'd been tagged in it and I was going to let it go. And I just went, nope, I'm not letting this go today. So there are times when I, you know, drive off the road sometimes. <laughs> right. You're a big tough guy gives you advice. Don't smoke cigarettes while you're smoking. That kind of thing. Yeah. So I got on there and I said, you're, you can say, you know, you can have your own opinion, but you can't violate the laws of physics and math because math and physics are agnostic. Right. And you are absolutely violating all of the physics laws that Newton laid down. Yeah. Right. And nobody's yeah. disproving that. And somebody replied, you know who that is? And I said, no, I do not know who that is. And I don't care. Right. Well, I touched a nerve. And I had to turn that off and block those people because it went crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Troy, that's really awesome. And, uh, thank, thank you for the, you know, for, uh, giving us the advice about that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. um, y'all can make that decision on your own. A lot of people just ignore all of it and move on and that's fine as well. Right. And it'll go away. I mean, that's, there's a current thing going on right now with somebody, a couple of people who are shooting foam targets and deciding that that correlates to shooting animals and the heavier arrows aren't penetrating any more than a fast one yeah and that'll go by because hey newsflash you know targets are designed to stop things yeah hmm. yeah well, guess I, what a heavy arrow's going slower and the kinetic energy is the same hmm. what's that i said the kinetic energy is the same and the heavy arrow's going slower into going the slower is designed to stop fast things yeah yeah, yeah i got you hmm. wonder why your results are that i completely yeah. agree with you right <laughs> They tag me and stuff and say the fire is wrong. And I'm like, I just let it go. That one. So I'm a little erratic on that. I'm just so, letting it pass. So this, this is when I, when I have these conversations and I ask somebody, if I gave you one chance to knock me out, would you slap me or punch me? Yeah, right. That's as simple as it gets. You're not going to slap me to knock me out. That's correct. That's a great analogy. And we're, me and the rocket man are trying to work on a way to, you know, figure out how to, help people understand why when they're shooting a foam target that's designed to stop stuff gels the same way mm -hmm. gels a terrible test medium because it's super sticky and it grabs the shafts mm -hmm. and you can actually shoot the gel and you can pick the shaft up and swing the gel over your head and it will not come off mm. i did it <laughs> it's that adhesive to the arrow shaft right so you get pretty consistent results no matter whatever you put into the gel because it's designed to stop things yeah. and it's homogeneous. It's big and thick and stuff. And critters aren't, they got this armor on the outside and then they got soft and squishy on the inside, like an M&M. &M, and then they got the armor on the other side. Right. You perfect test lab there at the, at the ranch. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Like I started out saying, I was struggling really, really bad shooting every broadhead and arrow combination on earth and I own guns. And they work really well. I got a 44 Magnum lever gun. You pop them in the head and nothing survives. Look how big they are. It whops them. <laughs> but I basically had no, nothing to lose. I was already losing a bunch of them, hitting them pretty good. Mm -hmm. I had zero is a special number. 
I had zero reason to not try what Ed said because what I was doing wasn't that good. What the hell? If I get the same results, then he's wrong. Right. Exactly. I did not. Right. I got dramatic results. Like skip through, gone in the woods, dead in 50 yards kind of stuff. And I just sat there and went, wow. And that's why I started the channel. Yeah. So I had nothing to lose. Zero. If your arrow performance currently is you're used to getting half an arrow and stuff and everything's dying. Let's say you're 100% and you're perfect and you always shoot straight and everything works out. What do you have to lose if you shoot completely through them and arrow berries in a tree? But yeah. one of them rolls on you and that gives you a shoulder blade. Yep. Yeah. That's the, you know, that's the zero is a special number, buddy. I just want nothing that to lose. Why not try it? Yeah. That, that, that's my, my big, uh, my big note for, from this is zero is a special number. I like that, Troy. Yeah. Zero is a special number. It is. If there's zero reason to not try it, then there's zero reason to not try it. It's that simple. Zero is a special, special number. And a hundred percent is the same, but they're both the same. hundred percent is still zero. You don't have anything to lose either way. hundred percent of the time. Great. Do that. You don't, you're yep. out of trouble. You got no reason not to try something different. And I promise you, just changing broadheads won't fix it. I did that. Right. Right. There's no magic broadheads. It's a system. That's why there's 12 factors, not three. So, <laughs> all yep. right, I've bored y'all to death. No, long enough. Well, I, I was. And, we promised yeah, you. Go ahead. We promised you an hour, and you have. We've gone. We've gone over that, and no, uh, it's fine. Yeah. Well, we 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 do want to be sensitive to your time, but. I, I could I could go I could keep going on. It's just no. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Just call me back sometime and we'll do it again. I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about some other because from what inevitably every time I do a video, I think of three others. Yeah, right. right. So from this conversation, we can go anywhere you want to go. Yeah, we can talk about fishing or whatever the hell you want to talk about. Dive more into the legacy stuff. We can talk about you know we can get off on philosophical stuff. I read all the great philosophers and all that stuff. I read all the time and. You want to get wild? We can get wild. We ought to pull. You know what you ought to do? Um, I'll send y'all the Rocket Man's number. Okay. And have y'all ever talked to Ed? No, absolutely not. I'll send you both numbers. You, we need to get Ed on video or audio. Okay. He's, he's just old. One of these days, he's not going to be here. Just hear get him. Ed to tell you a bunch of the crazy. Tell him, hey, the fairy told us. Tell us some of the crazy stories from when you were a PH. Okay. Like okay. in Zimbabwe in the seventies and a bunch of clowns roll out with AK forty sevens and just stop your truck. Oh jeez. And talk about the rhinos and talk about the workup to the rhinos and how we got to shoot a rhino. The story's unbelievable. I'm not gonna tell it. He's okay. he's a great storyteller. I'm gonna send you Rocketman's number and I'll send you Ed's number and call him today. Okay. <laughs> Ed's awesome. Ed's going to pick it up and you're going to be best friends in two minutes. Hey, yeah, it'll be great. He's that guy. He's so nice. And the nice thing about Ed Ashby is he should be the guy on social media saying, screw you. I got two rhinos with a longbow. You guys are shooting deer. Suck it. Right. Exactly. He would never, ever do that. Right. He is not that guy. He is so cool. Okay. That's awesome. Call him now. Call him today. And what, I said, you don't even need to say you talk to me. It'll come up. 
But say, you can just <laughs> say, hey, Troy tell us to call you. He'll be like, okay, let's do it now. Yeah. He's so cool. He's the best. Um, you can tell him, ask him about the Rhino, and then ask him about when the guys walked out and they, they, they were, he had some philosophy around cigarettes. Oh, I, well, I, I won't tell the story. But there was a, a way you maneuvered with these clowns with AK-47s, and I promise you they were on fire with one in the pipe. Right, they had nothing to lose, so they just walk off in the woods. Okay. But ask him about that story about the cigarette negotiation strategy or something like that. It's awesome. I mean, it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it sounds good. It sounds good. Yeah. All right, y'all have a good day. I'm going to go run off and go go to the lake. Actually. All right. All right, man. We appreciate you. Have a good day. All right, you too. Troy, have a great weekend, man. Thank you so much for your time, brother. Anytime, holler anytime. All right, so that's that's the end of part two in the in the series with with Troy. Um, so the, the 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 good part about this, and, and Troy mentioned it, and I've seen it online and in on YouTube and you know other other podcasts and other people that talk about the the theories that he shared. Um, yeah. You know that it's split. You're either for it or you're against it. Um, I really have a hard time understanding, especially when you, when you talk to Troy, like I'm coming at it from a trad guy. That's the way we build our arrows anyway. You know what I mean? Like that's the way we build our arrows. We're, we're loading up the front, uh, a relatively heavy arrow and, you know, we're shooting light poundage anyway. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, dude, it completely makes sense to me. I don't understand why would anybody would not want to do it, but, it is what it is. You know, you know what I mean? It, well, it really is what it is. Everybody's got their own choice. We're in America. You know what I mean? So unfortunately, I, and I'm, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I know I've said it in conversations with you. It's like, you know, there, we all, we all, for whatever reason, there has, has to be a continuing debate throughout the hunting community. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. wh- whether, whether it's a heavy broadhead or heavy arrow or light arrow or compound versus trap. I mean, it's like, okay, we get it, right? We get it. But mm-hmm. when you think of the fact that Dr. Ashby, so, and, and so Troy is essentially carrying the torch that was passed on, you know, by Dr. Ashby, so to speak. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. He, it is. And he even kind of mentions like you, you should be take something that was done before you and make it two steps, two, two steps or two, whatever you want to call it layers better and then pass it on. That's your legacy. And then somebody else takes it and takes, you know, and that's what he's, what he's doing, you know? And if somebody took the time to look at the 12, I don't know if they're rules, laws, steps, whatever, through from from dr ashby um it makes so much sense and and that's dr ashby's life work i mean he spent 30 years Mm -hmm. Uh, now troy suggested that we we get him we get him on the podcast and spoiler alert i've already contacted him and he he's willing to come on and and talk to us about it and i cannot i want to hear the stories that like the live tests that he did you know the meaning the tests on the animals you're talking uh elephants you're talking like yeah well that that right there is probably where you know maybe maybe scientifically all all that stuff you that's where you're care is my care is i want to hear the stories <laughs> i want to hear like yeah. 
Dude, I could care less about ever going to Africa and hunting. Doesn't turn, doesn't do one thing for me. You know what I mean? Like zero. If somebody told me they would pay for me to go over there, I would not do it. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. However, a man like that, that did it, and especially back in the time when he did it in his prime. Yep. yep. That was probably pretty dang cool. You know what I mean? Like really, really cool. And it was probably like the wild west over there. You know what I mean? As far as like, just getting around town and you know yeah having to protect you know yeah so the stories of what he what we what I, hopefully we can get out of them is more important to me than that than the, the arrow part of it you know what i mean but yeah i that, think i think it's a i think it's all all in the same like i don't need to i, I like I'm, I'm with you on that like i don't need to go to africa to go hunt I, i'm good with white tails i might want to go for an elk but um just when you when you have somebody that's put their life work into what it is that we just talked with Troy about mm-hmm. that's somebody that in my opinion we need we need we need to talk to yeah absolutely and and, and and the fact that I don't think there's anybody out there besides Troy that's ever like put put him on camera you know what I mean or on, on you know or or spoke with him or nothing like that you know what I mean like that's yeah. crazy yeah. that's crazy that we may be like the first people to ever put him on a podcast yeah, maybe. That's, maybe. that's crazy. You know, what do we got? Five episodes, six episodes or something, and we're the people? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, a guy that's got that kind of experience, and yeah, that that's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, I, I think, like, going going back to Troy, hopefully the listeners have heard his, his passion, uh, really understand, you know, obviously you 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 heard what what he's up against like he he is just so like laser focused on um what he believes in and leaving a legacy he's helped many people including myself right and that's so if if you're if you if you're opposed to what he does he's okay with that mm-hmm. if if you take it too far in your opposition He's not okay with that, which I totally respect. I'm the same way. Like, you know, don't make it personal. It's not personal. We're talking about bows and arrows, right? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I enjoy. I enjoy the. I enjoy the time. I could. I could have went another <laughs> four or five hours, honestly, just talking with him. But, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't, and that's why we had to break it down into two parts. Just we're trying to keep these things, you know, less less than ninety minutes for sure. So, um, yep. I don't have anything else to add unless you do, Todd. No, not at all, man. Like I said, I think it's a a, a great um, series, and I think it's going to kind of continue when we bring Doctor Ashby on. You know, uh, so that the Troy part is done. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, not done. I think we we could probably have him on again. He's really down to earth guy and, and willing to, willing to do anything. You know what I mean to yeah. to help the cause. I I want to get out, I want to get out there and out to the ranch and well, that'd be awesome <laughs> to be able to yeah. be able to get out there and go go for the, go for the pigs and everything like that. Uh, but he did say to reach back out to him in January for for uh, a couple of other like really really special guests too. So uh, that yeah. if that comes together, that that'll be that'll be huge. Uh, but anyway, I'll 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 do the I'll do the ending here for us, Todd. Because right. not that not that you don't do a good job, you do a great job. But 
We appreciate you guys listening. Like we always ask, share the show, give us a rating, whether good or bad, and go read Genesis 27.3. Until next time, we'll see y'all. Later. Seek Wilderness.